Parent Show, sponsored by Raiden Solicitors, award-winning specialist family lawyers. See RaidenSolicitors.co.uk. Hello and a very warm welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. Corey. And good evening, everybody. I am Seema Barker. Now, tonight's show is exceptionally special because it's anniversaries in everywhere you look. First of all, The Parents Show is actually 10 years old. Can you believe that? Yeah. We're 10 years old this autumn and we're um, really delighted to be celebrating our 10th anniversary show with somebody who is very special to The Parents Show too. So it's Catherine Raiden from Raiden Solicitors, who are a specialist family law firm in St. Albans. And not only is it our 10th anniversary, they have a special anniversary that they're celebrating this autumn as well, this year, in fact. So we'll move right along to speak and introduce Catherine Raiden herself. Hi, Catherine. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Hello. It's lovely to have you on the Parents Show. We're delighted to be celebrating it. So we're celebrating our 10th anniversary on the Parents Show on air. And you have an anniversary of your own to celebrate at Raiden Solicitors. Tell us a little bit about that. Thank you. Yes, our firm is 15 years old this summer. I started the firm in a small office in Shenley, uh, which is a tiny village by London Coney, working one or two days per week. And then two or three years after that, I moved to a tiny office next to the police station in St Albans. And now the firm is 15 years old. We had a 10-year party to celebrate with lots of our friends and clients and colleagues um, in London five years ago. We were hoping to do something similar this year, but we'll just have to celebrate it virtually with you instead. Indeed, indeed. What a lovely story to start start local and build up to the profile that Raiden's listeners have now. That's It's really fantastic. And we have another exciting little bit of news to tell our listeners tonight, which is that Raiden's listeners are the new sponsors of The Parents Show. So thank you so much, Catherine, for supporting us. And can you tell us a little bit about what is it about Community Radio and The Parents Show that appealed to your specialist family law firm? Well, our firm is a, a bit like Radio Verulam, really. We think that the best way to service people in our community is to be there and to understand the difference between St Albans and Harpenden or Sandridge and Coney Heath. And so we've set up our firm in St Albans. We've got some other smaller offices in neighbouring towns. And we think it's important to be St Albans lawyers connected with the community, connected with charities or local businesses and, and the local radio station is an extension of all the community links we try and keep throughout our time doing family law. I think that's I think that's that's really excellent and I think I mean perhaps we're no different from any other locality but you know you're right when you talk about the differences between Sandridge and Harpenden and St Albans is that and actually funnily enough you, you talk about 15 years I've lived in St Albans for just over 15 years or well, coming up to 16 years and and these kind of differences between the areas they are really relevant to the people who live here and so it's nice to it's a wonderful thing about community radio but it's nice to hear that from businesses as well in the locality who can kind of understand that so it is wonderful for us it feels I think very special for us to be sponsored by uh, somebody who who has that in as well um so is St Albans your St Albans is your base but you still have other offices because you talked about starting in Shenley 
Yes, I mean, I I lived in Chenley and had an office walking distance from my house, but we moved to St Albans about 12 years ago. And then we start and we've had a really slow, gradual growth strategy, certainly in the first 10 years. But the last five years, we've opened offices nearby. So we have a, we opened an office in Berkhamsted five years ago, in Beaconsfield two years ago, and then we opened in Hampstead High Street uh, March this year. It is it's becoming, the growth is becoming more exponential, but it was a very slow start. And it's, it's all centred around St Albans at the very beginning. Great. And it's lovely. It's lovely to hear that we were the start of it all. And Catherine, can you tell us a bit about the services that Raidens provide to, to the local community? We're family law specialists. So we deal with every aspect of relationship breakdown, whether you're married or unmarried, whether you've got concerns about children, money, or if you're if, and the other aspects that aren't connected with relationship breakdown, such as surrogacy arrangements, adoption, prenups or postnuptial agreements, everything that has a family law aspect, that's, that's what we deal with. I suppose that, that term that you use there, prenups, it still makes me just think of things like dynasty, which is from like a lot of our listeners won't know what I'm talking about for a programme 30 years ago. But gosh, uh, pre, prenups is still like an area in family law that, that people... Uh, want to avail themselves of, I suppose, that they want to actually, you know, have those in their relationships, which is is interesting to a lot of us who might not think about family law in, in that area. So that's really interesting. It's not just the straightforward, I suppose, divorce, which is what some people might think of as family lawyers. Yes. And it's because if you become a specialist, you can get really involved in every single aspect of the planning side of things as well. And so if it's a second marriage and you want to preserve some assets for children of your first marriage, or if there is a foreign element and the rules, for example, in France about property ownership are very different from the rules in this country. And so wherever you have some slightly complex arrangement, a document, a pre- all, the docu- all a prenup is, is a document setting out what you think is the current position and what you think the p- position should be in the future. And that that's that's all it is. And all the problems arise when people don't remember things in the same way and they don't remember what they thought about a purchase of a property or what what they think should happen now they've moved into a property. It's just a document re- recording what what they want to happen. You you put that really nicely, Catherine, and actually I think I'm, that's, that describes me well. You say people remember things differently, don't they? Which is, I bet it's a big source of, of potential conflict within, within couples um, that people do remember things differently. And a lot of what you're dealing with are extremely sensitive subjects. Can you tell us how your team deal with that? I mean, we on The Parent Show try to deal with sensitive issues that perhaps other people don't want to talk about. So we know it's it's often very delicate. So I'd love to know how your team team does it. Well, we do the best we possibly can to show respect <laughs> to the problems our clients are facing. Empathy is a very difficult thing to have. You You can't ever presume to know what somebody's going through, even if you've done hundreds of divorces. I think... What we try and focus on is the outcome. What outcome are they looking for and what are their goals? And if if it is to ensure that their children are safe and have a healthy relationship with both parents or 
if it's to ensure that they have a fair and reasonable outcome in terms of the financial settlement, our aim is to push them through the process as quickly as possible and listen to what their concerns are and explain how those concerns will help them get their goals or are an impediment to their goals. And so it's it's, it's, it's like it when you have your listeners call in to you. It's, it's about get, letting them have their say and guiding them to the next steps. But I feel very strongly that we are, it's our job to be as sensitive as we can and respectful of all their worries, no matter how slight their friends think the worries is or how how their former partner thinks it's nothing to worry about. It's our job to help them understand what what to do. That's lovely. Really, really nice. I think it's, yeah, and, and actually I think it's something that's that's a really interesting way to put it, which is perhaps a parent coming to you in these circumstances, um, and it's not necessarily a parent, I suppose, somebody who might be going through a relationship breakdown, but they wouldn't necessarily think about what outcome they might want at the beginning, I suppose, because perhaps they're just thinking about wanting to understand how to go forward. And actually that idea that you can point them in that direction, which is, okay, so where is this going to go at the end? What is going to be the best outcome for you? And how can we you know, get you there? I think that's, that's a really helpful way for parents to understand how something that could be quite sensitive can be really handled well. And perhaps that's one of the advantages I'm thinking of a, the fact that you're a specialist law firm. I don't know what, you know, you've obviously got a broad spectrum of services, but um, what, what would you say are the advantages to, to parents of coming to you as a specialist uh, family lawyers? Well, we have a really large team of people. So we have a we have just under 30 family lawyers. And so everybody is specialised in dealing with it. If it's the receptionist you speak to, our PAs or our paralegals, they all know what the court systems are, what the documents are, what sensitivities there are. And so what we really hope for is that everyone's experience can give some assurance to the client. If the client says, I don't know where to sign on this piece of paper, then anybody in my firm should be able to answer that question because it's all we do. It's the only thing we specialise in for a reason because we think that's the best way that we can be completely at the top of our game and answer as many questions as we can as simply as possible. Fantastic. Thank you, Catherine. And I know that there'll be parents listening in here who are probably might be a little bit nervous about calling a law firm. Maybe they haven't done it before. Maybe they don't know that they can call for advice. So what would you advise them to have ready when they do pick up the phone and call your law firm? The only thing I think they should have is a bit of time. Carve out five minutes, 10 minutes in the car when no one else is listening in. And that's it. You know, probably call, you know, three months before you want to do something. Most of our clients ring up, have a no obligation chat with us, and we book them in for a meeting. And that initial meeting just covers the basis, the basic legal principles. And then they can go away and resolve it themselves or decide if they want to make a final decision. But we take the view that the more information you have, the better. You can look on the internet if you've got time, you can look on our website, you can look on any information sheets, but really just talking to somebody and saying, I don't know, is it all right if I go to go to a different country and without telling my ex-partner? Yes, of course it is. If you don't have children, if you do have children, no, it isn't. And, you know, 
there's so many simple questions that you can resolve on the telephone call and then you can decide whether to take the next steps. You don't have to ring a lawyer when you've decided that the relationship is over. You can ring a lawyer just to just to sound them out, to, to see if things sound right or not. That's such a valuable bit of information for, for parents. And actually, it makes so much sense when you say it like that, Catherine, because obviously it doesn't mean you have to take action just because you've made an appointment to speak to somebody. In fact, it might actually bring you back from the brink because of the information you get from your lawyer. Yes. And and we encourage every form of dispute resolution that's possible. We don't it's not our job to encourage people to stay together, but we can put you in touch with relationship counsellors or relate or couple counselling or family therapists. It's because we're family law specialists, we've got access to lots of different experts and lots of different charities who can help us on every single aspect. And, you know, if if it is if it's a an addiction problem, you we're probably a pretty good resource to put you in touch with. Not necessarily that we want some work out of it. It's just that we've got a list of people who have helped with relationship difficulties when there is a particular concern or query to that has to be addressed. Um yeah that and that's what and you know something's just occurred to me Catherine slightly going off piece but when you you, you know you're talking about giving a call or whatever having that first call and maybe I suppose some people might be nervous of making that call as well because going into the office you know will somebody see me going into the office I don't want anybody to to draw any conclusions I wouldn't want my partner to find out if I'm local blah 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 but actually I suppose you're doing a lot of zoom or you know there are other uh, platforms available uh, kind of uh, interviews with clients now would that be right yes we do zoom calls or video calls are the most satisfactory we i've i've done a few telephone calls but for a whole meeting for an hour or so it, it's quite difficult we'll we'll do whatever's needed some people find it's easier to nip into St Albans park in a multi-story car park and come to the office but and particularly during lockdown or as we were coming out of lockdown it was quite difficult for people to sit in the bathroom shut the door and explain mm. why they were on the phone or on a um on their laptop in the bathroom so yeah. for, for some people actually video calls were less private than coming into the office quickly you know you popped into Marks yeah. and Spencer and then come to our office and then go home again it's yeah. what we're trying to do is be as flexible and accessible as as possible we've always done yeah. Skype for our international clients it's 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 just it's just another thing we're now using for people in this country as well yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. And it's something to, I suppose, uh, make, you know, just another thing that might cause some sort of anxiety to anybody who might not have, have, have spoken to a family lawyer before that actually there are options available about contact, which and I suppose that's one of the potential benefits to um, of, of the current uh, circumstances of, you know, we're all learning to use video conferencing and calling and, and all of that business. Now, another fear, I suppose, and anxiety might be about the costs that might accrue. Uh, Catherine, I wonder what you might say to parents who might think, well, you know, if I make a simple call to a lawyer, it's going to cost me so much money. People might not know, you know, how the costs work. I wonder if you could just tell our listeners something about that. Well, 
any lawyer will hopefully explain their charging policy to a client. Certainly, we have um, a big policy document and we explain it in the first meeting. What what we try and do in the first meeting is scope out what the steps are and how much in broad terms it's going to cost. Some elements are easier to cost than others. Some will, It just all depends on how long the negotiations are going to take. Unfortunately, we don't really have a proper legal aid service. And so legal advice does cost money. What we're aiming for with our team approach is that people can go to cheaper or less expensive or less experienced solicitors within the team if it's an appropriate query, because our team structure means that the the advice given by a more junior member of the team will be supervised by a senior member of the team. We think it's a good idea to bill monthly and every month we'll tell you what next month is. Other firms have different ways of doing it. But in our in our 15 years experience, we think telling somebody how much the costs are going to be next month, depending on scenario A, B and C, is probably the best way of not scaring them with a, a huge bill right at the end of the matter, you know, 18 months down the line. Yeah, that makes a huge amount of sense. And I'm sure that and other advice that you've given to this evening, Catherine, will allay fears that some people might have about, about approaching a law firm, but also just help people put it into context of what it involves and, and how to how to approach Raiden solicitors and other solicitors firms, um, you know, if if they feel like it's the time for some advice. But really, really helpful advice for for all parents listening so Catherine thank you so much for joining us on the parents show this evening um happy anniversary to you guys and thanks for joining us on our 10th anniversary show and thank you also for being the new sponsor of the parents show on Radio Verlo thanks for having me thank you bye-bye a very warm welcome to the Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. It's lovely to have you joining us this evening. Now, as part of our special edition of the Parents Show that's celebrating our 10th anniversary, we're really delighted to welcome Susie Moody, who is Strategic Manager at Homestart. Hi, Susie. Hi, it's nice to be with you this evening. It's lovely to have you join. And, you know, we wanted Homestart to be on our special 10th anniversary show because you are such a pillar of the St. Albans community. And I think Homestart has a very special place in everybody's heart, Mm -hmm. particularly in St. Albans, for all the great work that you've done in the past. And I'm sure you have planned for the future. Yeah, no, it's it's good to sort of have, we've got really, really good supporter base in St. Albans. Obviously, we've been involved with Radio Verulam quite a lot, various different shows and, and the support that, you know, you give us as well in sort of showcasing what we do and getting our name out there is brilliant. Oh, it's, it's our pleasure and every opportunity, you know, in, in the coming years to get Homestart back on and hear what you guys are up to is very important to us as well. So, Everybody knows the name. Now, we all have had dealings with Homestart at one point, but just in case there's a couple of parents out there who don't know, would you give us a reminder of what exactly you're up to these days? Right. Oh, gosh. What are we up to these days? All sorts. So normally as a service, we provide one-to-one home visiting support for families. And I think, you know, anyone out there with children knows that there can be some great days and, you know, you can be so proud of your children. But there can be days which are really, really tough. 
and we support families who are kind of having more of the tough days than the good days, I suppose. And generally, we find that the families that come to us are struggling with additional issues, really. So around things like mental health difficulties, having suffered a bereavement, possibly families who've been involved in domestic abuse and and volatile relationships, um, and families who've got children with disabilities as well, because they're all things that just make a real demand, I suppose, on your capacity to cope and on your resilience as well. So we provide the one-to-one support normally within the home and we have um, a team of fantastic team of volunteer mentors um, we've got a team at the moment of 80 so that's brilliant and wow, that's a huge number yeah we're, we're very fortunate to have a lot of volunteer mentors on board and and they actually stay with us for quite a while which is lovely and they're the ones that actually provide the support directly to the parents and it will be it will be a really a sort of planned package of support so they can make sure that what they do with the parent is what the parent wants and needs and that they have a goal to work towards so it's very specific Um, and we've also got six family groups across the county which also give a different level of support but very much as needed as much and really the focus of that is social is reducing social isolation and giving the children the opportunity to sort of play and develop with structured activities and school readiness skills but right now Obviously, we're not able to do those things in the same way that we have. And pretty much sort of in 24 hours, we turned our service around to deliver um, a remote package of support. Um, and that involves phone calls. We did some doorstep drops of early days. There were there were some of the mentors getting around to do doorstep drops for families. And, and it, it's just been a real sort of eye opener, I think, really, as to how we can be adaptable and what we have managed to do. And obviously the face-to-face element is is a real sort of loss because it is that much more valuable. I think, you know, people sort of are on Zoom and all sort of video platforms and, and I think everybody would say, yes, they're good, but they're not the same and you don't quite get that same kind of engagement. And some of our families don't have the tech to have that. So it's phone calls, video calls, um, as frequently as they need. They've all been risk assessed so that we know sort of who the families are that really need a bit more support or intensive support and those who we can sort of check in with um, every so often um, and one of the the really good things that we discovered from doing that and there are positives about this is that we found we could actually give support to all of the families that were on our waiting list who we haven't been able to give one-to-one support to because of resources and things um, so because there's no travel time and you know making phone calls and videos is much more convenient and doesn't require so much time resource that we were able to pick up the families on the waiting list and give them you know a sort of weekly or, or twice weekly phone call just to keep their heads above water as well so that was a good thing there there's one definite silver lining out of it all which i i suppose is quite unexpected that you'd managed to catch up on on your waiting list Yeah, definitely. It's something that we always sort of find we do have a waiting list. And when the parents come to us, our our main focus really is getting that early intervention in before things fall apart. And obviously, if they're on a waiting list, we we know that we're not there in the way that we need to be for them. So, yeah, it's it's massively valuable for us as a service, but also also for the families. Absolutely. And can I can I ask you for a little bit more detail, Susie, what kind of doorstep drops do you do? What do the phone calls and video calls, what can they cover just to give parents an idea of what's on offer? Yeah, it's um, I mean, as I say, they're sort of specific to each family, but doorstep drops was primarily about food and essentials. And what we ended up doing was trying to link the families with neighbours so they could continue having that support because we couldn't continue to do that all the time. 
so it, it was very much essential things for the children things for families books and things we had some book start books came out from that organization who are brilliant as well and we got books and some activities delivered to the doorstep for some families and as I say link them up with community resources food banks etc so they could maintain those sources for getting what they needed to that's brilliant so yeah. it almost you become like a hub for other other resources that are locally available yeah I mean it, it is all about linking into everyone isn't it it's that sort of collaboration and we're all aiming for the same thing we want to keep people in the community safe healthy and you know mental health wise those things really do you know sort of not having food for your children or not seeing anyone at all or not having activities to do with the children can really sort of impact and I'm sure you know there are a lot of parents who've had their children at home trying to work trying to do other things and I, I you know I really think everybody has had and has been impacted to a degree emotionally so and the, the phone calls and the videos very much again really it's about sort of giving practical tips practical advice ideas on how to either manage children in terms of trying to get the route to keep a routine or set a different routine as it would be and activities and really sort of just encouraging parents being being an ear on the end of the phone for some families you know we've got quite a few families who are lone parents and for them they weren't seeing anyone all day and that twice weekly phone call was the only contact they had with an adult so you know again we've got that that spectrum of those families that were really just in need and already were in a bad place before this the covid all set in so we knew that you know struggling prior to this meant that during covid things are only going to get worse although having said that we did have some families who then had their other half at home because they weren't working or working from home and actually they felt a lot more supported because they weren't just trying to manage the children on their own so again there was there was a, a plus that for some families um yeah. something good came from it that's great news i mean that there that some people have benefited from the extra extra home support from a, from a partner but uh, you mentioned something and I'd like to come back to it you said the lack of tech is is sometimes being a barrier to communication so is could that be overcome or is that when you kind of go back to the traditional phone call instead of a video call yeah by default we did go back to phone call for those families it might have been a, a little bit sort of longer or um, more frequent there were some grants around for getting tech but I think in terms of the proportion of families um, who were in that position, we didn't feel that, that that was sort of the best focus for us. And there are other ways to communicate. So, so yeah, that we, we adapted to sort of what, what worked and what fitted with the families. So, there, I mean, there have been so many challenges with COVID. And it, it, I mean, what, what would you say has been the worst part of it? Is it the loss of face-to-face? Do you think that's the thing that's kind of impacted Homestart the most? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's it's just a very different way of linking and connecting with someone, isn't it? Um, and where we've had new families on board, that's that's been their only experience. And I think, you know, we would, I would certainly say through, from me personally through work, that's my biggest loss is being able to, to see people face to face. And is there any change on the horizon? How is that being, it's probably still a little bit too risky? Well, we did before, before everything went downhill a little bit again. Um, We did start having family groups outside. They were limited to six and they'd be staggered. And because it was nice weather, the parks were open, we managed to pick up, I think all six of the family groups actually picked up and did outside gatherings with with the families. So it had started to ease a little bit. We just literally sort of looked at how one-to-one home visiting could work 
and done the risk assessments and various things around that to look at how we could do that and keep it safe. And obviously that then things sort of turned around again and, and that's not an option for us again at the moment. Probably, yeah, for the foreseeable, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. I, it, we just don't know, do we? But at the moment, we've got to do what we've got to do to keep, you know, we've got that duty to keep our staff and our volunteers safe as as we have with the families. Indeed, indeed. And, I mean, Susie, funding has is always, always a struggle <laughs> for charities like Homestart. And yeah. I'm really hoping that covid hasn't made that even more difficult than it's already been. Tell us a little bit about the landscape for for Homestart in terms of funding. Yes, it's made it more difficult. We lost um, around 33,000 kind of overnight on anticipated events and activities that we would have been doing through the year. So it it had a a very big and very immediate impact on us. Um, That's a huge amount of um, resources to lose. Yeah, it's about 10% of, of our total budget for the year. So it, it did kind of kick us all into action in, in a big way. But actually, I mean, we we spent every minute of our time really in the first three months applying for grants. Um, there were a lot of grants released, emergency grants and COVID-focused grants. In some ways, we're very fortunate that we were a charity that that clearly does support families who are vulnerable and have been impacted by COVID. I think some of the other charities, animal charities, for example, didn't sort of fit into the criteria that the grant holders were asking of, you know, it's got to be related to COVID. So in that sense, we could access a lot of grants. And we applied for an awful lot of grants. And we've had um, three really, really big grants that came through, which has given us a massive boost, both in morale, but also in terms of what we can deliver and how we continue so we kind of went through crawling each month saying, yeah, we've got enough for the next month. We've got enough for the next month. And with the last big grant that came in, we actually now are secure until April, which for us is really good. And that's quite a good position to be in. Although, as we kind of mentioned before, when we were talking, it, it's, yeah. it doesn't sound a very long term and sustainable kind of place to be. But for, for a charity, that's a, a pretty good place. So, yeah, that's kind of consumed everything we did, really, and has secured us to be able to continue at the moment doing what we're doing. It's just going forwards where we go with that. I can imagine. And just, I mean, to hear you say you're secure until April seems so short term for something, for services, the kind of services you provide, which are essential. And particularly now, you know, I, I can't imagine a more worthwhile charity than the services that Homestart are providing. So, I mean, I'm glad that you guys are uh, happy with the support till April, but it is very short term still. And so I'd imagine that you're, are you trying to kind of crank up the fundraising side at the same time or how's that working? I mean, I think as I say, all our resources kind of went into securing grants. One of the things that we really have to look at, and it's, you know, it's something we have to do because we need to make sure that you know, every penny of what's donated to us is spent in the most efficient way and brings about the best impact for the families we support. So we, what we've really had to do is kind of look at, okay, if we're spending our time on things, what are we spending them on and what's going to give us the best kind of return really on our money and give us the best in terms of what we can deliver. So everything is still, majority of stuff is still going into grant writing, but we are now starting to look at sort of fundraising activities and other things. It's just really tough, I think, because obviously everything's gone virtual and you want to do the same sort of things where you get everyone together, but virtually and, you know, create the atmosphere that, that we have in a different way but with the events that we've got or that we would have had but also there's a there's a a big sort of need for a really sort of 
fairly high level of technical experience for some of those. If you're holding a conference or a, you know, a big group meeting, you need to have those that experience and be sort of confident in using various different platforms and that. It's fine on Zoom. We can do, you know, we're fine with that. You can sort of screen share, do the odd bits and pieces, but it's very different for an event. And that's a real yeah. challenge for us. And, and talking to some of the bigger charities, um, they're investing sort of £1,200 in getting tech people and sound people in to do the big events they're doing. And, and we're just not in a position as a small charity to do that. So we're kind of doing the best that we can. We should have had on the 31st of August, we should have had our big kind of gala themed event. Um, and that's not happening. And I'm quite gutted because those are the really fun bits of my job really as well. Grant writing is <laughs> necessary, but it's not the most fun. And that's where we really get to pull a big number of people into a room to, to have a great night, but also really raise some a, a decent amount of money. A home start. Exactly. And remind people of the great work that you're doing, you know, because obviously everybody's so busy and getting on with their daily work and coping with COVID. And, and you know, you forget the great work that Home Start's doing behind the scenes and mm-hmm. kind of supporting families the way you do. So, yeah. 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 So they're, they're, I suppose it's about finding other avenues to let parents out there know about the work you're doing so that they they can support you too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got a big campaign coming up for Christmas, which we've been working on since, where are we now, October, uh, September, really. And it's it's quite a complicated campaign. But basically, there'll be lots of marketing through our social media sites. And it's something we would like everyone to get involved in. And we have one week in the first week of December. It's called the Christmas Big Give. And we have one week in the first week of December where we will open a fundraising a donation platform and we need to get as many donations in there as we can in that week. So it's there's no pressure, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at and all. What, what we've done, what we've had to do prior to that is to get pledges from local businesses or supporters that we have. So we've had £4,000 of pledges, which we have in a kind of, it's in a, in a matching pot. So then when we get the donations, we have a target of 8000 Wow. And we use some of the money it's pledged to double fund. So in theory, if we hit our target of 8000 which is pretty steep target that will generate sixteen thousand pounds worth of money so that would be fantastic which is of course it's not even half the shortfall that you lost overnight when lockdown happened but still I'd imagine it'll go a long way towards supporting the work you do yeah and you know like you say we're trying to look at what we would normally get in and how we can replace that and I mean people are so generous around Christmas and we get some amazing support and people do some amazing activities and we have the local organisations, you know, the Rotary and Roundtable, who are always really, really supportive of us, but do the sleigh ride and those sorts of things. And, and those just aren't going to happen. So this, hopefully this campaign will give us the money that we won't otherwise get across the Christmas period. Well, that it, and it's a great, it's a great slogan. You said the big give and it's the first week of December. Yeah. That's great. Well, we will, of course, share that on our on, on the parent show social media leading up to it, Susie, so um, so we can spread the word. Great. Uh, Thank you. Well. So we're coming towards the end of our interview now. So I just wanted to ask, like, I'm sure parents are listening to you now and it, it's been a fantastic reminder of the great work that Homestart does. And parents are probably thinking, you know, I'm OK. I've got through COVID. How can I help those less fortunate? So what could you uh, advise parents to do to help support Homestart? What are the avenues we can take? I suppose the, the key one is money and donations, but also we, we are always looking for new volunteers. We have managed to do a training course for a new, I think 12 or 15 new volunteer mentors for the, the 
sort of Stevenage area, that that side of the county. Um, and we will be having another what's called a preparation course for potential volunteer mentors. So so definitely, you know, sort of keep in touch. And if you're interested, we also need volunteers for other sort of things around the office, admin, anything else. There's so many people, so many skills out there that that would be really valuable to us. We look for sponsorship from companies. We've got great support from companies, but we're always, always welcome sort of com- a company taking us on for a year, charity of the year or something like that. And that gives us a sort of a fixed amount of money that we know is going to come in that year. So we can use it sort of budget going forwards. And just speaking to people about what we do, if people don't know about what we do and where we are, then they can't access support. And what we want is everybody to share what they know about Homestart or, you know, our social media links or website, whatever, so that we can make sure there aren't people who are sat, you know, sort of very isolated, feeling very, you know, not rejected by the community, but but not part of it. And we want them to know what we do so they can come forward and access the support that we've got here to give them. Fantastic, Susie. And I'm sure that that'll appeal to a lot of parents and particularly like, for example, I didn't even know that you were potentially looking for volunteers. So I'm sure there's lots of dads and moms out there who could spare three, four hours a week to come and, and support the great work you do. Yeah, but, yeah definitely. Um, fantastic. Susie, thanks a million for coming on the show and, and thanks for the great work you're doing for the St. Albans community. And hopefully we'll have you back on the show soon. Thank you. It's my pleasure. A very warm welcome to the Parents Show on Radio Verulam, Lydia Alcourie. And we're delighted to have one of the most regular, most funny and most community-minded <laughs> guests we've ever had on the Parents Show joining us this evening. After that intro, I could kind of do with a drum roll. I'm really pleased to welcome Claire Healy from Raring to Go. How are you doing, Claire? I'm good, but I'm wondering why you didn't add the oldest one of the oldest as well because I think I'm there from the beginning so that makes me the oldest not in age wise but but yeah. length length of time I in think. loyalty Claire loyalty, in loyalty. That's it is. yes <laughs> but yes indeed and sure as we celebrate 10 years of the parent show we celebrate 10 years of working with raring to go and with yeah. you Claire on the show so you know when we were doing a 10 year anniversary show there was only one person we had to have on and of course it was you so oh. tell us how are things going with raring to go well I, I think like everybody nowadays we've adapted raring to go for for anybody who hasn't had a child in primary school over the last 10 years and hasn't seen raring to go it's a lovely a5 printed booklet which is all about what's going on in the local community for families we've been around for even pre parent show uh, we've been around for about 14 years haven't we so it's so it's a, a quite well established magazine but of course that print has been online for the last uh, six months so we've had an online issue um, and an online website obviously that people can utilize to find out what's going on in the area Obviously, there wasn't a lot going on in the area at one point. But now the strange thing is everybody is coming back. You know, all the They're all bouncing the, back, aren't yes, they? Yes, they're all bouncing back in such an interesting way. That's what I've loved about seeing these practical face-to-face sort of businesses all of a sudden have adapted what they do in the most amazing ways to accommodate what we want, what our families want to do. And what and, and I have to say on my part, what we need as well, because yeah. I mean the the all the extracurricular activities that 
kids do that are showcased in the Raring to Go magazine are such a big part of everybody's lives, you know, and, and I they they were sorely missed during lockdown. So it's honestly so brilliant to see them all one by one coming back in their own way and their innovative adaptation to the situation. So it must be you're you're really seeing them firsthand, Claire. Like it must yeah. be so nice to see them coming back to life. Oh, it it's great. I, I walked past Gymboree the other day and they run little, you know, parties for preschoolers and, and and classes for preschoolers and walking past and there were about about five staff in there cleaning away, ready for an event that was going to be running in half an hour. But the amount of effort that was going into cleaning everything making everything absolutely pristine for the next group of people that were coming in and these are all little babies and part of their development the essential part of their development is the social side so to have not had that and to have only been able to socialize with their immediate family has been a big you know it's been a big difficulty for a lot of parents I would imagine so to be able to go back and do that but to see the effort that Gymboree were going to to make everything so pristine and so safe for people to visit and to have seen how over the last couple of months or six months I suppose isn't it that people have gone from zoom classes and actually made zoom fun you can go to a theatre school and you can all get together and create play a production it's crazy via zoom i mean how how amazing is that that we can do that and and i i know exactly what you say we need to be face to face but that was such a good adaptation yeah um, in the early days and now it is so refreshing to be able to meet people and even just to be able to go out and do normal things to go out for a meal to go to the cinema you know do those sort of things it's invaluable. I think we appreciate it even more now that we haven't had it. That's exactly what I was going to say next, Claire. You know, I know for my kids, like getting back to Art Shed was a huge, huge deal. I mean, she's, my daughter's never appreciated as much. I mean, she's always loved it, but she literally like an hour and a half is hardly enough for her at this stage. You know, she, she really is so happy to be back, back in, back at swimming, you know, the Fiona boys ceramics are back she's even doing kind of socially distanced parties you know everybody's just pulled it out of the bag innovated and and they're getting back in some shape or form which is which is brilliant isn't it yeah 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 and I think I think what I've noticed is how hard local businesses have had to work to do that they really have they've completely as you say pulled it out of the bag but it's not been an easy process it's not easy to just suddenly adapt your business and say let's put it all on zoom there's been a lot of heartache talking to business owners there have been a lot of lows you know having to decide what they're going to do whether they're actually going to carry on whether it does work whether they can afford to do these zoom classes that they don't charge as much for and and there's you know there are all sorts of implications so I think it's all the more important that we do continue to keep using them and doing them because we desperately need to as well and you would think talking about about art shed you'd think something like art is quite a solitary thing to do but actually when your daughter's going to the classes she's she's maybe she's 
doing her creative processes on her own, but she's got other people around her to to just turn to and watch and, and learn from. And I think that's really invaluable for, for children from any age and for adults. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And if we look back, I have to say 10 years ago when we started cooperating on the parents' show, I mean, things were a lot simpler, weren't they, really? <laughs> I think they were, but but I don't think there was as much going on then um there certainly wasn't well certainly I'm, I'm trying to think back 10 years there wouldn't have been things like zoom I don't know quite how we would have coped with it it would have been an interesting one we probably would have been very cut off but yes yeah how how things really have changed in terms of I even think of the the way raring to go is produced the print process that we go through we used to have about three weeks lead time from needing our adverts to actually distributing the magazine now it's about eight days so it's it's split into two and it's uh, it's far more efficient because it means that everybody's information is far more up to date that goes in there so it's a much better process so in yeah in 10 years there's there's an awful lot and the magazine itself has been able to be a lot thicker because there is a lot more going on you think of all the events and activities there are lots of festivals now that um you know family festivals i don't think we had them before not not as many certainly yeah and and certainly the variety of activities has kind of snowballed over the Mm. years hasn't it and it's been fantastic over the 10 years to always dip in like we always made sure we we were talking to you on a regular basis Claire about what was going on and what raring to go was um was telling young families about because there's no doubt about it it's it is a it is a fixture in everybody's kitchen, isn't it? Anybody who's got a kid in primary school has your magazine, either in the kitchen drawer or, you know, in that pile of papers that everybody has on, on their worktop. But um, but the Raring to Go magazine is is an absolute must. But and, and I have to say there are pluses to it going online too. Like I was just going on looking for Halloween events as well and you know people can still access raring to go just as easily now of course yes i mean that's the joy of it everything is online and you know you you can find a lot more details about things online because there are all sorts of links that you can put in you can put in images and videos and uh, and lots of things so you can really bring a print issue to life by having it online and one of the things that's that's come out of the last few months is that we will now be having raring to go as a printed magazine in in the spring we'll be back to printed magazines that go through the the schools um but we're also going to have that online issue with all the links with examples with with a lot more information carried with it as well and we'll have qr codes we've we've created posters which will with a qr code that you can click on and link straight through to the online issue so there are lots of things that we will be that we have adapted um in terms of the magazine uh, to make it a bit more you know to make it exciting when it's a bit more interactive it is a bit more interesting and in this fast-paced world i think we people like to have the choice as you say, my junk drawer has magazines. I love, I love flicking through, you know, printed issue, and it and it goes back in there and stays for months, which is great because that's what I really love about raring to go. It's there all the time, but 
there is also a camp of people who would prefer to to look at it, flick through it online and go back to it on another occasion. So that's great. We're, we're able to um, speak to people from both of those sides, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing was so double the work for you, but it means we're totally yeah. served in, <laughs> in every way. But I'm a bit more click happy, I have to say. I mean, I love the magazine, but but I'm also really happy to just click through. I think that's a that's a great way of getting the information as well. Yeah, yeah. And and you've kept all the parents abreast over over the ten years of all new new developments and most importantly Claire you've given parents an opportunity to support local businesses and I think that's that's such an important part of what wearing to go does as well. well it's and, all about the community, isn't it? Yeah. It, it is support you know, we we are St Albans is a small city, but we have so much going on and we have so many exciting things going on and it's a great that's why I love doing what I've done I'm doing yeah. because it, it it is a community it, it, it's giving something back to the community, really, I suppose, sharing what's going on. And there is just so much. Um, and I, I've loved over the years meeting the business owners that I've met, meeting the mums and dads that I've met. Just been brilliant. And a lot of it that we've done through the parent show, coming to some of the awards that I've come to with you. Um, yeah. I'm doing the Raring to Go Awards last year when we were. That was just phenomenal. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to ask you, of course, like, because it's, it, it's almost a year ago since the first Raring to Go Awards. Yeah. So next year, bigger and better? Oh, well, it has to be bigger and better, doesn't <laughs> it? it? It's going to have to be. I think um, we'll have to have the parents show there, which was sadly yeah. missing this year. You know, it was, it was an amazing event. It was such a positive event because there were so many people there that hadn't met. You know, you may not meet another business that is very similar to you, you may purposefully not engage with them, but actually it's always quite useful to engage with them, to know what they're doing, and then you can bounce ideas off each other. But it was a it was a great opportunity for people to come together. It was a fun community event. It was very positive because everybody was excited because they'd been nominated. And there was there was just and we had dancing, we had food and drink and it 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 was a it was an amazing celebration of all the things that are family focused in St Albans and I I really can't vocalize how positive it felt to be involved with the people that were there and you know I mean obviously you you felt that and and you were at the center of it all but you know from from my perspective you know from the parents show perspective speaking to people who went to it my gosh they, I mean they loved it people were mm. so happy and the recognition the sense of occasion the bringing communities together I mean it was it was a very special event you know it, it really really was clear and you know well done for pulling it together thank you but well I think I think what was so positive about it was that people were voted for by their customers and it's very difficult to get feedback from your customers they can say they like it but actually to be voted as the best of something in your category is such a big big honor and that's what's so valuable because it was voted for by the people that actually use you and and that's why I think it was so worth celebrating yeah so I'm really looking forward to that next year definitely we'll be there live if you'll allow us but it means the finest language only Claire you know (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll, I'll be on my best behavior. <laughs> do you do that? You do that. But you know, there's green shoots, aren't there? You know, from the whole kind of COVID quiet you know we're coming out I was at the cinema at the weekend you were you went to a play tell us about that oh I went to the Maltings theatre it was amazing the Maltings were fantastic I mean obviously capacity is down because we've got to have social distancing but they coped so well we felt safe we were very 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 well entertained it was a very funny show they were very welcoming very friendly and it felt normal and that was that was lovely and i think this is what it what is what is happening now as you say green shoots people are just starting to do things more and more and we will get we will get through this you know we 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 will come out the other side and we'll come out really positive. And uh, yeah, it, it was great doing something really normal. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. I, I kind of felt like that with the cinema as well. You know, mm. for a little while you could kind of forget, forget everything yeah. that had been going on. But, um, and that's why we, we do, we need to keep supporting our local businesses. I know the Odyssey has had huge support from their kind of customer base and um, art shed has you know a lot a lot of the businesses people people are showing their appreciation by getting in there and booking as, as quickly as they can yeah yeah and we just need to as you say we need to continue to do that because it it's you know this is our community indeed and so there'll be a big issue out in the spring but so, online yeah. on until then and it'll be a double whammy it'll be online and in hard copy in the spring it will yes and it will hopefully we'll have loads and loads of everything from 2020 i think has is planning to go ahead in 2021 the smaller events obviously yeah i'm not talking about glastonbury and things like that they're a bit beyond me but the, the local events i i believe a lot of them are planning for 2021 so it will be fantastic to be able to support them and to 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 give them an even bigger audience so you've got last year's and and or this year's and next year's audience attending i think there will be lots going on because everybody's going to want to celebrate aren't they we're going to want to be out there doing things and enjoying ourselves too Um, right Absolutely. So listen, Claire, I want to say thanks so much for 10 years of great support, great, you know, support of us as a, as a show and local businesses, local parents and keep up the great work. So we'll have um, a few more chats before the 20th anniversary, I'd say. What do you think? Oh, yes, I hope so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. No, and Brilliant. thank you for all your support as well. It's been great being able to come on the radio because, um, you know, a printed issue needs to have a voice as well. So it's been fantastic to be able to come on and tell people what we do as well. So thank you for your, all your support. It's been a great, um, been a great 10 years, really. Yeah, happy. and here's to another 10, but it's our pleasure, our pleasure. Claire, Claire Healy from Wearing to Go, thanks a million for joining us on The Parents Show. Thank you.